take your Bible, if you would, please make your way back to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter will again be our text, the first chapter, verses 5 to 9. And these have been our theme verses for our series that we have entitled, A Cycle of Spiritual Growth. If you've been with me, church family, for the last couple of weeks, you know that we've been concentrating on spiritual growth in our lives. We have acknowledged the need for it. We have assessed where we are in our own lives, or we are assessing where we are. And we are making application of the messages and the truths that have been presented to us from the Word of God. We have already looked at the responsibility of verse number five to give all diligence. Besides this, giving all diligence, which means give our concentration. This is the motivation for our series. Add, this carries with it your responsibility. You are to do your part. You are to practice. You are to exercise. Carries with it the idea, that word of addition, of bringing in besides. We've looked at three of the things that we are to add to our faith as believers that should evidence them in our walk with the Lord. The first was virtue, which was a moral excellence. We have enjoyed um, adding that to our lives as we've been created new in Christ Jesus. The old things we used to be, we are no longer. Sin does not have to have dominion over us. Knowledge, you see there, add to virtue, knowledge. Knowledge would be spiritual truth. As we are applying the word of God, the wisdom of God to every area of our life. Second Peter chapter 1 verse number 3 ought to be a precious verse to you. That talked about the divine power hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Godliness will be a subject that we will look at next week. Last week we looked at temperance. We've been adding this strong word to our faith. The word temperance, when you break it down, is the word self-control. And we talked about how self-control is actually spirit control. We talked about the need of this in our lives as we still possess that old nature, even though we have the Lord Jesus living within us through his spirit and that there is a fight for control. I don't know anything more miserable for a Christian than to be out of control, which actually the words out of control are a little bit misleading because spiritually when you're out of control, actually you're under control. Say that again because it's time change Sunday. Spiritually speaking, when you're out of control, you're actually under control. You're just under control of the wrong person. See, to know self-control, I must be willing to give up control of self. If I'm going to know self-control and I'm going to have to give up control of self, the only way I can know True biblical self-control is to give up control to the Holy Spirit of God. So I must get out of control of my life 
and yield control to the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God takes control, I find I'm in control. He's in control. He brings about the ability to know control over my flesh, over my lust, over my temper, over my tongue, over, over my mind. But when I'm out of control, out of the Holy Spirit's control, then I'm actually under control of my old man. And the only thing the old man knows how to do is to go out of control spiritually. So sometimes people say to me, Pastor, I really need help. I'm out of control. No, you're just under control of the wrong leader. You're under control of your old sinful nature, which you've been delivered from. You need to fall under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. I hope and pray that you are adding to your faith virtue, moral excellence, knowledge, spiritual truth, temperance, self-control. And that since this series of messages have started, that you're seeing growth in those areas. Our lesson today just rings heavy on my heart. It rings heavy on my heart because it is a place of wonderful encouragement and a place of low discouragement when it comes to the people of God. The subject that we are adding today, you see in verse number six, is the subject of patience. And I'm speaking to you on the subject of adding biblical patience to our lives. All throughout the scripture, Christians are called to exercise patience. The word patience, as you find it in the scripture there, carries with it an idea of abiding under. It carries with it the idea of an endurance, right? The ability to sustain. The reason I use the words biblical patience is because of what I find in James chapter 1, please. If you would just turn a couple of pages back to James You'll turn in your scripture today and understand and see these. Biblical patience. You find in verse number four of this that when we're talking about patience, biblical patience, James says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So we're talking about here a, a, a truth and a blessing and a reality that is available to our lives through the Holy Spirit of God that brings to us a perfection of our Christian character or a completing of our Christian character. The word perfect there in verse number four means to be mature or to be complete. So patience has a work that it does in our lives that either evidences completeness or the lack of it is incompleteness or not whole. It brings to us a maturity in our Christian life or it brings to us a mature or an immaturity to our Christian life. Now look, if you would, please, at verse number four very carefully. The Bible says, but, what's the next word? Let. 
let. This word let would be equivalent to the word add to your faith. When I, when I brought you to 2 Peter chapter number 1, I told you that that word adding meant adding on your part. Now that does not mean that you and I within us, within our own abilities, have the ability to muster any of these things or to complete any of these things or to control any of these things. I understand that this is a work that the Holy Spirit of God does within us. But once the Holy Spirit of God indwells us and seals us, he's there to fill us and he's brought within us these things, the abounding of these things are our responsibility, right? So, so you have the responsibility to add. So when you come over here to James chapter 1, verse number 4, and the Bible says, let patience have her perfect work. What, P what James is telling you is that's on you. That's on you, sir. That's on you, ma'am. Now, I hear a lot of people that are a little bit ahead of me in their mind and will get there. And I'll show this to you in just a moment. But they don't ever want to pray for patience because patience comes from tribulation, right? You know, I, I did a search, and maybe you can find one, and I may have to apologize for this. But in my search, I didn't find anywhere in the Bible where it told you, told you to pray for patience. So stop it. But I do find all throughout the Bible where it tells you to exercise it. So I think, I think that we're spending a lot of time praying and very little time practicing. You know, you don't have to pray things that are clearly communicated in the Bible. You just obey them and do them. Okay? So let... That's on you and that's on me, Christian. Let patience have her perfect work bringing about a completeness or a maturity to me to where I, I am entire wanting nothing. Now, here's where this gets beautiful. Look at verse number five of James chapter one. If any of you, what's that word? Lack wisdom, let him ask of who? So, so in essence, just so I can get your attention, would you please be patient with me? Now, if there's anybody who should never have to ask anybody to do that, it should be God. But in essence, God is asking you, child of God, to be patient with him. Now, here's where people either live a blessed life or a life of discouragement. We kind of associate patience on give me patience to deal with Joey, give Joey patience to deal with me. But I got news for you. I can only deal with humanity as I deal with the Lord first, which means if I'm going to be able to be patient with my wife, then I'm first going to have to be patient with God. And in patience with God, I'm able, as he works in me, 
to be patient with everybody else. Now, I'm telling you that God's people, when it comes to spiritual growth, are not adding patience to their, to their life, especially when it comes to God. Now, you're sitting there, and you're thinking, well, I feel like I'm a patient person. Well, wonderful. Let me give you the definition of patience. Are you ready? Is anybody there? Does anybody care? Okay. The suffering. Oh, you lost me right there, Pastor. You lost me right there. I, no, no. Don't ask me to be patient when I'm hurting. It's interesting. Of course, you know First Peter is a whole book about suffering. Just listen to my definition. The suffering of affliction, pain, calamity, provocation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper. I know what you're thinking. That's not me. Endurance without murmuring or complaining. The act or quality of waiting long. I, I hate to wait, Pastor. I can't stand to wait. Waiting long for justice or expected good without discontent. Perseverance. Constancy in labor or exertion. The quality of bearing offenses and injuries without anger or revenge. I have written on my paper, Pastor, that's not me, exclamation point with a line drawn under it. This is how God expects you to be patient with him. You ever lose your temper with God? You complain, you murmur, you're discontent, you're angry. I actually seen people try to get revenge against God. By stop praying, stop going to church, go out and give themselves to the world. Patience is thereby this endurance where I am settled and added to my life and, and it's, it's needed to perfect. I would submit to you that the lack of this is the reason you don't grow. The lack of this is why you feel useless and fruitless. Because the pressure that it takes to bring about patience sometimes becomes the exit that you get off when it comes to what the Lord is doing. Go back to James chapter 1, please. Come on, turn with me. I'm preaching from experience here, both personally and pastorally. Verse number 2. Knowing this, verse number 2, I'm sorry, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. These are uh, trials of the Lord. 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. So, so the reason we have a, a spiritually immature church today, and I don't mean Plantation Baptist Church, I mean the church of Jesus Christ. The reason we're, we're somewhat stalled in our spiritual growth it's because we can understand more morality. We know that we're not to fornicate. We do know that, right? Amen? We understand spiritual knowledge or spiritual truth that I add to my life. And I understand that I want to live my life according to the wisdom of God. And I, and I do know when I'm out of control spiritually, and I don't want to live out of control spiritually. I want to be in control as far as honest with the Lord and open with the Lord and obedient with the Lord. And I want a sanity to my mind. I want a, a peace that guards my heart and my mind. But, but when it comes to trial or pain or suffering, that, that's kind of what I just can't handle, Pastor. And instead of adding patience in this position, we, 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 we add our own abilities here. Now, here's what most people can't understand. Most people can't understand that a lot of your pain, your trial, and your trouble that's going on in your life, God is doing. We're so quick sometimes to associate everything that we determine to be evil as something Satan is doing when God can use things that seem to be evil in our lives to grow us, to teach us. Pastor, would God ever hurt me? Ask Job. Ask Job. Pastor, would God ever let me be falsely accused and beaten? Ask Jesus. So, so, Patience, in order for it to be exercised, there has to be trial. Now, patience does not come from trials. It's exercised in trials. I'll give you a list of them. When you search the scriptures, you will find that you're asked to be patient when it comes to general trials. You're asked to add patience when it comes to trials that come from serving the Lord. You're asked to add patience when it comes for trials from chastening of the Lord. Here's a hard one. You're in 2 Peter. Go to 1 Peter. Look at chapter 2. This one people can't hardly swallow. They have a hard time with it. Verse number 20. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse number 20, Peter had learned these. For what glory is it, or what good is it, or what cheering is it, if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? What is he saying there? If you do something stupid, then you're going to suffer stupid consequences. That... that that's not patience we're talking about here. In the middle of that verse number 20, you see the word, but if, but if when ye do, what class? Well, and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is, would you finish that verse? Acceptable with God. 
Trials that come generally. Trials that come from serving the Lord. Trials that come from the chastening. Trials that come from undeserved affliction. You're close to the book of James, right? Go back to James chapter 5. Look, if you would, please, at verse number 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. And he gives a principle here. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. There's patience that's needed when we don't understand, when there's long waiting, when there's fruit bearing. So here's what the Lord is saying. When I touch you through trial, when I allow you to have suffering even when you're serving me, when I have to chasten you, when you're doing good and you run into suffering, and even though you're witnessing and doing all of that, but you don't understand the day or the moment or the time, don't lose your temper with me. Don't damn me. Don't call my name in vain. Stiff your back up like you know better. Don't you dare become discontent with me. You're angry with me? I don't know about you, but I sure am glad that God is patient with me. What do you mean you want to quit? See, this patience that we are adding has the ability to endure not only what God is doing in our life, but how God is doing it in our life and trusting that whatever God does in our life, he does for our good and his glory. So I sit with people as the pastor and I see what God is doing in their life and it hurts and I beg them, please just be patient. Please be patient. Please be patient with God. And they get to make a choice whether they're going to add endurance or whether they're going to take their own life in their own hands and go do what they want to do. 100% of the people that go do what they want to do do the wrong thing. So how about you? Are you patient with God? Have you added this endurance to your life? Pastor, I just can't. I want to. I screw it up every time. Well, let's learn some things. First thing let's learn is where does patience come from? Go to Romans chapter 15. It doesn't come from trials. It's exercised in trials. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. It exercises patience. But where does patience come from? Romans chapter 15 teaches us this. 
appreciate hearing those pages turn. Verse number three. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Now watch this, verse four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, that's of the scriptures, the Old Testament, were written for our what class? Learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the what? Scriptures might have what? Okay. So... Paul, writing to the church at Rome, said, church, understand, patience comes from the scriptures. That patience that comes from the scriptures brings comfort, and that comfort of the scriptures brings hope. So so I have people that read their Bible every day but don't exercise patience. It's one thing to read your Bible. It's another thing to read your Bible. Just because you read words on the paper doesn't mean you read your Bible. To read your Bible means that you, you give the Holy Spirit of God, Holy Spirit of God, illumined to me the Scripture. I read the words I meditate the truth. I search out what God has done. It's not something that I, that I do while I'm eating my Pop-Tart and running on my way to, the th to my car. I, a lot of people have not added and, they're, and they're, they're not spiritually growing and yet they read their Bible every day. That's a problem because the Bible says that patience and hope and comfort comes out of that. If I'm going to add patience, I'm in the word of God. That's where they come from. Why do they do that? Look at verse number five. Now the, say those three words, God of patience. God is a patient God. Patience comes from God. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Pastor, I just have a hard time with patience. Then you're not in the word of God properly. And I do feel like I want to preach this point just a moment. The word of God properly. What does properly look like? It looks like you got something out of it. So if I'm reading the word of God and I'm getting nothing, I'm not doing it properly. I promise you there's nothing wrong with this word of God. Amen? So there has to be something wrong with me. So I love that that. that that music. Do you have the do you have the song that we sang, He Giveth More Grace? I'd like to sing it to the church. <laughs> that woke everybody up. Okay. I want I want verse number two. I know I threw this on you. Okay, so flip the screens when I read it, right? Was that was that the right one? Is that the one? Yeah. When we have exhausted our store of endurance. When our strength has failed, look at that. Ere the day, don't turn it, is half done. That's about how long I can hold out. Right? And I got the best intentions when I leave the house. It's going to be a good day. It's going to happen today. 
ere the day is half done, and I'm a mess. Can I get an amen from like-minded people, right? Okay. So, so we don't have the ability to muster, but we exercise what has been developed in us from the word of God. Yeah, but pastor, that's, that's more than I can take. Oh, I was hoping you would say that. Colossians chapter 1. Come on. Colossians chapter 1. Because not only does patience come from the word of God, where the God of all patience speaks to us and teaches us, but Colossians chapter 1, look if you would at verse number 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. This is Paul's prayer for not just the church at Colossae, but for us too. Of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now watch verse number 11. Strengthened with all might. That strength is God's strength. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto, say those two words. So that guy that gets on your nerve at work or that person you're married to that gets on your nerve. Somebody got the joke. Thank you very much. All patience. All patience. Pastor, these people, I just can't. Yeah, you can Pastor, I've been praying for... Stop praying and do it. Stop praying and do it. See, it's not something you do by your strength. It's something that the Spirit of God enables you to do. Now, watch how this builds upon each other. If you're going to be self-controlled, you're spirit-controlled. If you're spirit-controlled... That means he's leading you in his way and in his strength. And so as he's leading you in his way and his strength, he brings in us his patience for every area and every person of my life. It's interesting. Revelation chapter 2, just write this point down. It's commended by God, which means it's approved by God. It's noticed by God. Patience comes from the word of God. It's enabled through the Lord's strength. It's commended by God. Go to Titus chapter 2. This is a powerful point here. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. I, I'm, I'm watching. Titus chapter 2. You're not hungry yet. You've got an hour. Verse number 1. If it, It's not there, but it could read this way. Tom. Because I'm the under-shepherd. Tom, speak thou the things which become sound doctrine to Plantation Baptist Church. Wonderful. That the aged men. This is the, this is the old men. Now, ladies, before you get too excited, look at verse number three. The aged women likewise. Okay. Now, watch this. The aged men and women, be sober, be grave, be temperate. Sound in faith, in charity, and in what? Patience. So, so biblical patience comes from the word of God. It's enabled through the Lord's strength in our life. It's commended by God, and it really is the goal 
of our lives. It, it's to be developing as we age. So to all of my people out there that say, the older I get, the less patient I become, why? Well, I'm old. I have a right to be impatient. No, you don't. No, you don't. I don't know anything more beautiful than patient old people. And I don't know anything more ugly than impatient old people. Pastor, who do you consider old? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> right? But, but patience is something that you're growing in. You're aging in. Patient with God. Patient with others. It's interesting. James chapter 5, please. Go back to James. We're all around. It's just a couple pages. James chapter 5. Patience, biblical patience comes from the word of God. It comes through the Lord's strength. It's commended by God. It's the goal of the age. It's something we should be growing into. It should be developing in our lives. And look at the beauty of it. James chapter 5, verse number 11. Behold, we count them happy, which, what's that word? Patient. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. What is James saying? He's saying that as patience develops in our life, it's encouraging to others. It blesses others. It develops in a way that others notice, that others learn from this. Pastor, I just, I just, I just struggle here. I just can't. Yes, you can. You're just not doing it right. You're not in the Word of God letting the Word of God develop patience. You're not trusting the Holy Spirit of God's enablement. You're trusting your Christianity. You're trusting going to church. You're trusting that you're better than everybody else. You're trusting in your willpower. And when the day is half done, you're cursing everybody at work. I've even heard the staff of Plantation Baptist Church say a bad word. commended by God it should be growing it should be encouraging others let me show you what it looks like Romans chapter 12 please this is our final class we're done Romans chapter 12 Peter's Learned his lesson when it comes to trusting the Lord. So impatient was he before Pentecost, but now that he's filled with the Spirit of God, and over a lifetime he's added to his life patience. Peter sure messed his life up in the beginning when he was impatient. Many of God's people have messed themselves up with impatience toward God. I have a concluding statement that says this on my paper. So many of God's people 
miss out on the miracle that God is doing in their life because they don't exercise patience. And they jump ship before God finishes what he's doing. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, please. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now watch this. That ye may prove what is that. What's that word, class? Good and what? Acceptable and what? Perfect will of God. I think that's the goal of the addition of patience when it comes to the Lord. That I believe and know that God is good. That what God is doing in my life is acceptable because he's doing it. And that it will be perfect and fit and mature and complete. And it will be a blessing to me. I cannot tell you how many Christians have hurt themselves because they weren't patient with God. The suffering of affliction with a calm, unruffled temper Enduring without murmuring or fretfulness. Waiting long for justice or expected good without discontent. The quality of bearing offense and injury without anger or revenge. So I just ask you. Are you patient with God? Are you living a life that is evidence of patience? Or have you taken control? I beg you to yield that back to him. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, since the Holy Spirit of God in the room Please be patient with me. This is the God of patience who exercised extreme patience in our lives, asking his people to let patience have her perfect work. Trust him, he's good, acceptable, he's perfect. We're so impatient. First little sign of suffering or pain we want out. The first little thing we don't understand we want out. First thing we can't handle we want out. And yet you're working in our lives. The reality is we're absent the word of God. We're not trusting the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Patience is not being 
requited. I wonder with heads bowed and eyes closed, church, you can't preach a message like this without having you search your heart. You have a subject today or an issue today. Are you patient with God? You're suffering undeserved affliction, chastening, trial. God is working. Pastor, I don't understand how God could do it this way. He's God. Pastor, this thing hurts real bad. He knows. Pastor, I, I don't, I, this thing don't make, it, make any sense. Right. He's God. Don't jump ship. Keep trusting him. He'll lead you through. Pastor, I've got an area in my life where I need to exercise patience with the Lord. I need to add this to my spiritual life. Don't embarrass me. Don't call my name, but pray for me. If you would, lift your hand. I pray for you. Pastor, pray for me in this area of my life. I've got some areas here I really need to trust the Lord in. How do I know if I'm exercising? Thank you, you put them down. How do I know if I'm exercising patience? There's peace. And you say things like, God has me. He'll keep me. He'll hold me. He's got a plan. He's good. All of these things are evidence of that. Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. God of patience has been patient with you and you need to accept Christ today as your Savior. We'd love to take a Bible, show you how to do that. If you're in the room today and you'd like to be saved, you just come forward and tell one of the men, I'd like to be saved. We'll take a Bible and show you how. Christian, are you adding patience to your life? Would you stand, please? Have your way here, Lord. Thank you for the... The depth of the Word of God today, the touch of the Word of God today, the personalization of the Word of God today, the assessment of our lives today. I trust that we would know and let patience have her perfect work. Have your way in this invitation, I pray now, in Jesus' name, amen.